Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. I thought, Chins, we might just take a little look at uh, the sides that have missed out uh, this year and, and what the future looks like going into to 2023. I might get you to both sort of uh, chime in here, uh, Sando. North yep. Melbourne have just had a, a horror year. Uh, the change of coach, of course, with uh, David Noble departing. And if you believe everyone in the industry, we are maybe uh, uh, potentially a week away from a, a decision regarding uh, their next senior coach and all uh, eyes pointing to Alistair Clarkson. Until that happens, we'll continue to uh, yeah. speculate and uh, pontificate. But for the Ruse, uh, I mean, so much could depend on what they do now with this next senior coaching appointment. Yeah, you're right. And th- th- there is a bit of a theme uh, in the sides that are going to miss the eight this year. And it's all around offence, as crazy as that sounds. But uh, North Melbourne are the last ranked side, so they just can't score. That's been the biggest challenge this year. 17th in inside 50s, 18th dead last in inside 50s. I mentioned their, their issues with scoring. They're ranked uh, 18th in that, and they just can't get their hands on the footy, unfortunately. Ranked seventeenth yeah. in disposals. That's been their biggest challenge. You're right, Sam. And look, and they also need a little bit of help for Larky, as we know. Yep. Larky and Zuha, they've normally been playing that resting ruckman. Um, whether it was Goldstein early in the piece um, when he was down there, now he's reclaimed that ruck spot. And Coleman Jones has come in as well. But they just need another one, maybe two forwards to add to that. You know, to build a potent forward line and. Um, you know, I think the last three or four weeks have been really good. Yep. I mean, like yesterday against Adelaide, they were really, really good for three and a half quarters. And great to see Cunnington back. It was, uh, it was yep. a fantastic story to see that. And clearly having him out, you know, and, and, and when, when I remember when we were starting up here at the Giants, when you had your senior players out, the ones that could go the distance, um, and they were out, then you really dropped away really easily. And I, I, there's no doubt I've sensed that with the Kangaroos this year. But yesterday was a classic example of having him in the side. They took Adelaide to three and a half quarters. So there's some really, really good young kids coming through. And, you know, hopefully uh, once they announce that coach, they add through the draft and maybe through the trade period, especially centre forward. Leon, if I can just quickly uh, on that. So if they, if they do go Alistair Clarkson and Alistair accepts uh, the job, you've been in the inner sanctum with Alistair at uh, the Hawks... Do you, do you firmly believe there is another uh, great coaching stint in Alistair? I mean, obviously a year off has been you know, great for him, 17 years uh, driving the bus, um, a tough gig that you, you both have experienced. He's had time to refresh. I mean, we know the Messiah coach hasn't always worked in the past for clubs, but do you think a, a second time around Alistair Clarkson as a coach could, uh, could make a great fist of it? Oh, look, no doubt. Look, he's, uh, he's that driven and it's not funny. And uh, just talking to him recently in the last couple of weeks about all his research. I and mean, he's doing research on both the clubs. He's doing, you know, the Giants and the Kangaroos. And clearly yep. the speculation is that um, it's more heading down the Kangaroos' path. Uh, and that might be uh, in the next week, as you said before, Brett, that we might find out. But once he gets his coach's hat back on, which he clearly has after a year out, he, he'll go 100 miles an hour and um, he'll, he'll build his team, he'll add to that, he'll, he'll look at what's there at North Melbourne and say, yep, there's some really good um, positions already filled staff-wise and he'll, and he'll add some value with some people that he already knows in the industry when he starts. So, look, absolutely, and, and people always judge coaches or judge players yeah. when they win premierships. Mm. Rightly or wrongly, just say, oh, well, was Clark's in the right spot at the right time because he had Rioli and 
and Franklin and Ruffhead and Hodge and Mitchell. And But at the end of the day, he helped build that footy club. He went to the draft, they made really good choices, and good choices led them to where they were at. But equally, they keep reinventing themselves year after year. You know, they would uh, they'd go from you know a high-scoring game to a keepings-off game, and you know when they were really tough inside, contested stoppage side. So he could adjust on the run year by year, and you know that's led to four premierships. So you can't go wrong having the best coach in the land come to your football club. If the Kangaroos do land him, it's a wonderful, wonderful decision, and and that might take a few years. And I think like Hawthorne. Um, in their first two or three years, it took them yep. a few years to just get into rhythm and become this side that you could re- regularly rely on. And the Kangaroos, regardless of who the coach is, is still going to take two or three years because they need to add some talent. They need to go to the trade period and bring in some more talent as well. But under his tuition, I think they'll be absolutely led in the right direction. All that ahead of us uh, over the next uh, week or two, Sando West Coast. Uh, disappointing, obviously. Um, they've had two wins for the season. Uh, ironically, they were, you know they defeated Collingwood earlier in the season, yeah. uh, one of Collingwood's losses. In Melbourne. They yeah. also defeated uh, the Bombers, but uh, they just couldn't get anything going at all this year. Really high-marking team, but uh, ranked 17th in offence. Um, and a number which will really be disappointing for them, with which has typically been a strength, has been their numbers around clearances. They're, um, they're ranked in the bottom three or four for clearance numbers. Um, and even when we saw last, last night across there in the derby, you know, Darcy uh, for Fremantle absolutely dominated. 57 Nata- hit Yeah, absolutely Real. dominated yeah. Natanui. Uh, so they just couldn't get any continuity, you know, um, with, with a side which we always uh, love their offence, you know, with Kennedy and Darling and Liam Ryan and Rioli. They just always would score, it seems. But, yeah, this year they just couldn't, a little bit like North Melbourne, they just couldn't get any offence going. And it's going to be... Um, an interesting off-season for the West Coast Eagles in what they do with their squad and um, and how things look. Leon, can I they think, bounce? Oh, look, I think they're in for a, a rebuild. Yep. I mean, that's just looking from, from afar and probably not watching them as much as some. Um, I think... I mean, they've had some challenges here. I mean, COVID hit at the wrong time for them. I think it was January, February when it absolutely went through their whole place and they missed some real crucial pre-season. But equally, they've had some ageing superstars. And I want to be careful of that because they have been some super players that uh, that probably just haven't been able to put games together because of injuries and they're coming towards the back end of their career. And we've, we've seen one of them, Josh Kennedy, bow out you know, a week or so ago and he was a such a wonderful player so there's no doubt you know they'll have to go to the draft and bring in some kids with the picks that they have um, and equally just chip away at it I mean I, I don't expect it at, you know a five year rebuild but I just think there'll be a little bit of pain there for the next couple of years um, just adding some talent to there before they start rising back up the ladder. Sando you saw the Giants first hand yesterday um, obviously uh, much intrigue about who they're going to appoint as their coach as yep. well and what lies ahead? Yeah, well, Leon's probably best equipped to answer the questions about what next for the Giants when you look at their squad. I mean, I still really love probably their 10 best players. Um, uh, you know, Kelly, Taranto, Coniglio, uh, the Greens, Toby Green and Tom Green. Um, Isaac Cumming I really like. Mm. Uh, Whitfield, Perryman, Ward, Hopper, Himmelberg. There's there's still that top 10 that are, that are uh, I guess, the nucleus of that side. Um, but when you look at, I guess, uh, you know, Hogan kicks 30 goals for the season, which... Um, He's their leading goal kicker. Uh, I don't know, Leon, what do you, what, where do you see the improvements going to come for the Giants moving forward? Yeah, look, I, I see uh, some similarities to the Collingwood scenario we are talking about earlier on. Um, you know, Collingwood have popped and, you know, they, you know, for whatever reason, a change of personnel, a change of coach or 
or some bad luck. People, what people don't understand is that sometimes you can have really bad pre-seasons and it hasn't flowed or you have the wrong players out at the wrong time. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't ever use that as an excuse. But I see the Giants popping pretty quickly because of what Sando just said. There's, there's lots of talent there. I think their back line is set for an, a long time. They've got some young key defenders that are going to be around for a long time, plus running backs. So it's not a line they have to address. They clearly have to look at the ruck situation and you know whether they think that Flynn or Pruce or Briggs can take them to the promised land. Um, and there's been glimpses. When they're up and running, there's been some glimpses from those guys. Their midfield inside, no problem. Having Kelly and Whitfield sort of play on the outside the past probably couple of weeks looks really, really promising. It's their forward area of the ground where they really needed to need some attention and Sando you sort of pointed out Hogan's their leading goal kicker yep. clearly Toby Green's the superstar and but they need to probably add some value there because um, you know with Cameron gone and Lobb gone and Finlinson gone and Patton gone over the last three or four years that replacements of young forwards um, is an area that probably has has probably let them down a little bit so if they can add that in the draft or the trade period I can really see them you know um, popping quite uh, quite quickly in the next year or so. We're building up to Sydney and Collingwood here on AFL Nation. The lay down for Collingwood, uh, Jordan Degoe, if you're just turning on the radio, and Trent Bianco will be in, bounce down uh, just over half an hour away. Uh, the Bombers, uh, so much intrigue around Essendon, what they stand for, trying to get a read on Essendon and just who they are as a footy club right now. Yeah, well, the blowtorch was turned right up midway through the season around defensive transition. Their, their inability to be able to run with method defensively when it really mattered. I guess that was the, the one point that sort of stood out for them. But they do play a, a high possession game, a high mark um, game there. Uh, but then they're the third most clangor side for the year. So it's matching up that uh, ability that ability to be able to play a game style you want with the squad that you've got at your disposal as well. But um, it sort of feels like that's their biggest area of improvement in the summer will be that ability to, to sort of change their defensive scheme. And uh, we've seen some improvements in that in the back half of the season, but it's, um, it's, been, a, it's been a poor tackling year, ranked last in tackles, a poor clearance uh, year, ranked third last in clearances. So, yeah, it's their, it's their midfield getting together in the um, off-season and making sure that defensive transition and contest is probably their number one focus for, for 2023 and beyond. Oh, I'd, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think Sando summed it up. I mean, and that has to be consistent. I mean, everyone's looking for consistency when you're in a footy club. And, uh, you know, I watched Essendon against the Giants last week and, and they, were, they were off the ball. Um, but equally before that, they got beaten by a kick after Siren against Collingwood. So there, there's some, some real good stuff there. And there's some enormous talent in their spine coming through. You know, we spoke about that. And, and so they've just got to make sure that um, that consistency of defence is there over and over again. And, and I think bringing in young Corwell over the last couple of years and, and addressing their inside contested uh, ball game is in the, heading in the right direction. Um, but it has to be over and over and over again, and, and that's the greatest challenge. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.